Hey, everybody. So last week's episode was on getting over moodiness, and I talked a lot about suppressed anger and the danger of suppressing emotions. So when I was thinking about who could come and teach this week on this topic, Terry Cole was the first person that popped into my mind. Terry Cole has been a longtime friend. She's a licensed psychotherapist, transformation coach, and expert at turning fear into freedom. Terry has empowered many individuals, including celebrities and professional athletes alike, through all the different things she does, television, radio, her podcasts, online courses that redesign limiting mental beliefs to create extraordinary lives. Her strategies include practical psychology, Eastern mindfulness practices, and harnessing power of the intention to create sustainable change. She's been a featured therapist on different TV shows. You can find her writing on the Huffington Post, the Positively Positive. She's in a lot of places. And what I want to say about knowing her personally is she's the real deal. She walks the talk and is someone that I often call when I need a little coaching. So I think you'll really enjoy what she has to teach you today. She talks about the dangers of suppressing emotion, what transference is, and how to know if you're actually doing it. And she also gives us tips on how to express anger and feelings in a healthy way to people in both your personal and professional life. I also have links to her podcast, Hello Freedom, and the survey that she mentions on love in the show notes. So just go to christinehasler.com slash podcast for those. And now get ready for some coaching with Terry Cole. Terry, I am so happy to have you on Coach's Corner. You are one of my go-tos for advice. So happy to have you as a friend in my life and grateful because you're full of wisdom and so much compassion. And you are the perfect person to supplement the last coaching call I had, which was on moodiness and feelings and suppressing anger. Um, You're a psychotherapist and you have a, a lot of experience and insight into why it's so, so, so important for us not to suppress emotion. So could you talk to us a little bit about why it's so important not to suppress? I would love to, and I'm so happy to be here on Coach's Corner. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's start with a lot of times people don't even really know that they're doing it, right? So, So part of it for anyone listening is don't feel bad, right? Just be aware that if you're feeling something and you're unaware of what it is or you're confused about, as you were saying in the last episode, why the person was moody, and then it it gets revealed that it's about their suppressing their feelings. Let's talk about the consequences for not handling and honoring your feelings. First of all, you know, as Freud would say, humans are like potbelly stoves, right? And our feelings are like the smoke. So you could delude yourself to thinking that you could stuff a whole bunch of crap down the flue of a burning fire. And where would that smoke go? Would the smoke disappear? Or would the smoke come out of every nook and cranny in the pot belly stove? That's exactly what happens with our feelings. So when we deny them or when we're so afraid of them, a lot of times women are... Um, we're raised to be really nice and that the virtue of niceness is valued above almost all others. But what this does is it can make it difficult to honor when you're angry, to honor when you're upset, because we don't want people to think we're not nice. But what ends up happening is when you don't tell the truth when you're angry, what you're really doing is denying the people in your life the opportunity to be better partner, better sisters or brothers, better friends, because you're keeping all of that in. And when you really get on down to it, how can anyone 
authentically love you if they don't authentically know you, right? Okay. So when we when we suppress our emotions, we're not being authentic, even if we're not intentionally not being authentic. The end result is that you're holding on to this anger or this resentment, and that now impacts the way that you interact with this person or like the other person you were talking about in the last episode, someone just becomes overall moody, right, with quotes around it. Because to me, what moody means is either there's some kind of chemical imbalance from a therapeutic point of view or that that's someone who has difficulty expressing and handling their emotions because there definitely is a cost and your your feelings don't just go away because you numb them with drugs or alcohol, because you stuff them down, because you let them come out in some sideways, weird way where there's no effective problem solving. Right, because how how can you problem solve if your husband says to you, you're in the car and you're driving, your boyfriend, your husband, your sister says to you, oh, are you mad? Because you, you're withdrawn in anger, right? And you go, no, I'm fine, I'm just tired. Well, now you just stopped the process of standing up for yourself, negotiating for your needs, asking for what you want, instead you're now going to punish them in a passive-aggressive way. Or even if they say something wrong and you start screaming and yelling, you're expressing your anger, but not in a way that's actually going to problem-solve. Right. So that starts a cycle of, like, dysfunctional interaction. Right. So what? this is a great place to ask this question. So what are healthy ways to express anger? Because I talk about, you know, a lot of things we can do on our own, release writing, how to have an adult version of a temper tantrum. But when you're with another person, other than the irritability or passive aggressive or lashing out, how do you express anger and be authentic in a healthy way? Well, part of it is you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to step outside of that comfort zone or the habituated behaviors that you've been using probably for all of your life. And that will take a little bit of time. It's not just a desire to say, I'm going to tell the truth now. It's spending time with yourself in some stillness and silence and getting honest about how you feel about a certain interaction. I have a client, and I have lots of different clients, but I have a client who always says, well, tell me something that really bothered her, and then she'll always follow it up with, but that's fine. And I always say, stop saying it's fine. You just told me it pissed you off, so why are you saying it's fine? It's like saying you're mad and then taking it back, saying it's a problem and then taking it back. There's so many dysfunctional ways that we do it. So the first step is getting honest with yourself, and not in a blaming way putting all the focus inward, like how am I 50% of this interaction that was upsetting to me? Why is it difficult for me to have this conversation? And a really important thing that I teach people to do is to figure out when you're having what's called a transference experience. And when I write about it, I call it uh, now is not then. So you may be in a situation, let's say that you had a, a volatile father who screamed a lot. You may find yourself in relationship with volatile men who yell a lot, and you may 
have a reaction to that, instead of being the grown-up woman that you are, you may have a transference and suddenly you, the cat has your tongue and you can't talk because you actually are reverting to your seven-year-old self. So the, the, how, to, how to identify a transference is really quick. There's three questions that you can ask yourself when you're in a situation and you feel like you can't express yourself in a healthy way. Because if you can identify the transference, then you can make a choice, a mindful choice from now. So the three questions are, um, where have I felt like this before? Who does this person remind me of? And why is this situation familiar to me? Can you repeat those? Sure. Where have I felt like this before? Who does this person remind me of? And why is this situation familiar to me? Mm. So good. I can see just journaling those three questions, the insight that you can have, and, and getting clear about what you're really angry about is the first step to actually being able to heal and shift it. Yes, and the moment that you realize, like for me in my early 20s, it was that this particular boss that I was terrified of wasn't my father. The moment I was able to calm my adult self down and say to myself, okay, so he is not dead. So now how would you behave if you weren't thinking he was dead? <laughs> you would be being different right now. And so that's how I, you're able to move into a different behavior. So once you identify a transference, if indeed that's what's happening, the next step to handling your anger, honestly, is if it's a, a relationship, a romantic relationship especially, is to set up some ground rules. You know, how are we going to interact when we're mad? What I say to couples is I have them set up, um, it's called a state of the union, where they have a breakfast once a week for an hour or a lunch once a week for an hour, specifically to air out any grievances, and to talk about their gratitudes. So when you normalize the process of talking about things that are bothering you, irritating you, angering you, then you don't have that buildup of anger that turns into rage that you were talking about in the last episode. Mm, I love that. I love that. And how, Terry, so as a therapist, you see so many people who come in and they might not even know they're angry, right? Like a lot of women default to sad. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even men sometimes don't even in realize it. So how, what are the signs that you actually may have some suppressed anger, some suppressed rage to deal with? Because one of the things I talked about in the episode was sometimes we think we have to, like, have had something absolutely terrible happen to us to justify anger. But mm -hmm. little things over time, they, they build up, and it just keeps suppressing and suppressing and suppressing. So, so what are the signs of suppressed anger? Well, part of it is having a displaced response. So you may not tell the truth to your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, and then you freak out on a cab driver, right? Like, you could displace the anger. So if you find yourself raging about something that, Mm, really, is it rage-worthy? Or are you just trying to release that powder keg of anger that is built up and you're too afraid to talk to your boyfriend or girlfriend, and so you're taking it out on the barista at Starbucks? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's one way. But another way is if, if you dial into how you feel. And, you know, Christine, I know that you have a dedicated meditation practice, as do I. Create some expansion in your day. 
And when you're done, if it's meditation, maybe in the, the last, you know, little bit, like instead of just jumping up, keep your eyes closed and dial into your feelings and ask yourself, how am I feeling? What's going on? And listen for the answers. Because I do think that there is um, habitual dysfunctional responses that happen because of the way that we were raised and the family system that we were raised in. If you were raised in a family where nobody was allowed to be angry like mine, then you find all of these other tricky ways of dealing with your anger, but you're not dealing with it. And until I had a lot of therapy and got healthy myself, I couldn't deal with telling someone I was angry, but I could be upset. So that was my default. I could cry because that was less threatening than telling the truth. And But it's not as satisfying and it isn't as healing because the truth is if you're mad, you're mad. And let's be clear about how to express it. I think we can just kind of step into that place because a lot of people may be at the point where they want to, but they simply don't have the words. So I think that being able to be really clear about using I statements and understand that nobody makes you feel any way, right? We feel a particular way around a situation. And then it's our job, because we are grown-up people, to draw a boundary about that situation, to have a conversation about that situation, to allow that other person to know how their actions impacted us. And I wouldn't say that that is their intention, right? A lot of times we may be upset about something, and honestly, it wasn't the person's intention at all. They were being mindless or feeling selfish for a moment or whatever. So getting clear that when you express yourself in saying, hey, can I talk to you about what happened last night? That experience left me feeling really angry and upset. And I want to tell you why. Can you please just listen? Beautiful. Because it's not saying, you made me mad, you did this, pointing the finger and blaming. It's really sharing about our experience of it and communicating in a way that doesn't put the other person on the defense and doesn't trigger all their anger buttons as well. Exactly. And they may say, well, you know, I didn't mean to. And you may then you say, I am not saying you did mean to. I just feel like you have a right to know how it left me feeling because I don't want to hold on to resentment because I love you. I love that. How how could this work in a non-intimate family relationship? How could this work in a professional setting? Uh, good question. Um, set up a time to talk to the person and say it depends on what what the, what the thing is, you know, what 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 it is that you're pissed about. If someone overstepped a boundary or they didn't loop you into something that you feel like they should have looped you into, um, you have to say, hey, I wanted to talk to you about the conference call that happened on Wednesday. Do you have a minute? And they go, yeah, and say, I was really um, kind of ticked off that you didn't include me. Can I ask you why you didn't include me in that? Well, I didn't think that you should be included. Okay. Well, can I make a simple request? That going forward, when you make a conference call with people who are brought into the company, that you include me in that conference call. There's always this language, and this is in the nonviolent communication book, of asking, making the request for what it is you would like them to do in the future so that there actually is some kind of a way to resolve it. And that language is saying, I'd like to make a simple request. I love that. 
I love that. And I love, too, in, in those kind of situations, both personal and professional, really perception, perception checking, you know, because so much message sent isn't message received. So really saying, I feel X, Y, Z, this is my request, what did, what did you hear me just say? Because I right. think so many times we get angry because we feel not heard. We feel not exactly. understood. Exactly. Yeah. Our job to make sure that we're understood. You know, we, like you said, we've got to take 100% responsibility for our for our 50%. Yes, and that's where the transference check-in comes in. Because if you work with someone who reminds you of your brother who was abusive to you or who was a bully, you may be reacting and overreacting because of that transference, when you can identify it like, wow, this guy reminds me so much of my brother, but I must be mindful that he's not my brother, so I need to stop making assumptions about his intention and be a grown-up and be be the, the employee and the leader or whatever it is that I am and have a conversation about it. And breathe deep before you do it and anticipate a positive result and keep your side of the street clean. You know, by, by not saying, hey, you did, as you said before, you can really um, enroll that person by saying, I just wanted to let you know. Now, listen, in a work situation, it depends on if the person is a subordinate or a peer as to the languaging that you would use. But I still think that I statements, unless someone really breaks a rule, of course, and if they're your subordinate, then, then you know, the language is a little bit different, you know? Yes, yes, or if they're your boss. The language is a little different, too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah. checking transference on the boss. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's just the theme I'm hearing in all this, and the through line is, is really authenticity, the courage to be authentic and to tell the truth and to not suppress. Because, like you said, it does end up leading to resentment and perpetuates patterns of transference. And it's just, it's no fun to have suppressed anger and feel irritable and passive aggressive. It's way more fun to work through that. And because and, I think that underneath anger is so much passion and creativity. And I know for me, doing a lot of anger work and releasing a lot of the anger, that was a big part of my therapy. And it was from that that I found so much of the passion for what I do now. Oh, absolutely. Because anger is such a joy killer. It is. It is totally the thief of joy. Oh, this is awesome. You're just, I just I'd love you so much. And oh, I, I know that people listening, if they don't already know you, have fallen in love with you. So where can people go to get more of Terry Cole? And I know you've got a cool survey going on, so I want you to tell people about that too. I do, I do. Um, I have a um, love survey, a real love survey that's out right now, and if people do it, it takes about five minutes. Then they get two really beautiful, brand new, never before released, guided meditations around healthy, juicy, delicious love. Um, and a lot of that is also self-love. So one of the meditations about is about healing your love wounds. And the other meditation is about becoming like a magnet for healthy love. And um, they can find me. Hold on. I'm trying to see if I can get that the URL for that. Um, but in the meantime, they can find me at terrycole.com, which is T-E-R-R-I-C-O-L-E.com. And um, information, there should be lots of stuff there. And also on social media. So literally, the survey is everywhere on social media. Awesome. And I've been, if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen it because I've been 
sweating it out as well. <laughs> yes, you have, and thank you. Yeah. I love you and appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for teaching us more about anger, and just thank you for the work you do in the world, Carrie. 